By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 95, hour number two of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard and it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Uh, we're going to discuss a lot of that on uh, this episode, the final one in this format that we will uh, speak to you for a little while anyway, at least for the summer, maybe a little bit longer. We'll tell you all about how we're uh, going to move some things over to uh, the relevant app as we go along through this show so you can keep up to date with uh, some of the fun stuff we've been doing for the past uh, two years exactly, two years this week, uh, we launched that sh- this uh, show. So uh, it's been a fun ride. It's uh, certainly not over, but just a little bit different format uh, for uh, the foreseeable future. But let's get things going by finding out just what's your groove. in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kinda grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Pipe in a crate, long in a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? All right, if you're new to the show, when I ask you uh, what's your groove, I'm asking if you're uh, using some sort of cannabis product while listening to the show, let me know. Uh, Joint, bong, edible drink, CBD, whatever it might be, whatever cultivar it might be, please let me know. And this week, uh, because this is our final week, we've got a really awesome prize package available it starts with a uh, Cannabis 101 podcast engraved PAX era. The uh, great folks from PAX, uh, Jenna and Sean, uh, were so nice to uh, to get those. And it's got some other cool PAX stuff. And I'm throwing in a bunch of other stuff as a big uh, grand prize sort of thing. Thanks for watching the show uh, the last two years um, sort of package. So we have all of that. Anytime you chime in on anything this week, and we'll give you the details of how to do that in uh, just a, a little bit. This is what I am grooving with. I've got some uh, Good Buds uh, Mango Taffy Flower Rosin. Good Buds is going to be a bit of a theme. And I've got it in the Utilian 5, so... As I get my groove on, beautiful, that Utilian 5, I'm loving it more and more uh, every time I use it. So that's my groove, and it's time now to tell you what's coming down the hash pipe on this 
episode. Uh, we got a uh, double shot, as they used to say on KX96 and Brandon, of uh, guests today. Uh, and they do have a bit of a connection, interestingly enough, and this was not planned. Uh, but Ashley Newman uh, is the uh, woman behind Queen of Bud Retail and uh, LP. And Josh Wong, uh, the president of RGB Cannabis. We have featured both of those uh, cultivars from both of those companies recently on Know Your Bud. So you may have uh, remembered uh, us talking about them. Uh, Josh and his crew actually uh, have a partnership with uh, the folks, uh, Queen of Bud, at their growing facility. So the neat little tie-in between those uh, two companies. Uh, so uh, two excellent interviews. This uh, episode's obviously going to be a little bit longer, uh, but if it's the last one in a while, we'll make up for it with uh, packing it with full of good stuff. So back-to-back jacks, uh, as they say in baseball, we'll have interviews uh, back-to-back in this episode. And then Chris Ionson, of course, is going to join us on Know Your Buds. And as I mentioned, there's a bit of a good buds theme. Well, uh, Chris is one of my good buds, and you know I just met him uh, by doing this show. So that's how cannabis can bring people together. And we've got Glue Rangatang from Good Buds on the Know Your Buds today. Love the packaging. Love the weed. Our cannabis question is about uh, accessories. And uh, what pairs pairs well with cannabis is about uh, cleaning up. So let's get things going right now with the cannabis question. It's prize time. (laughs) Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So what I'm asking you today is what is your favorite cannabis accessory? And, you know, maybe it changes for you like it does for me. You know, I love... The joint bus um, that you'll see later later on Know Your Buds that's on our set. I, I, I love that new thing. It's the new thing for me, and I'm really getting into this Utilion uh, 5. Uh, I love that. And and for, for ease and mobility and all of that stuff, the Pax Era and the Pax Era Pro are perfect. Uh, you just grab your pods, throw it in there, and you can you know c- control it uh, so easily. So that's what I'm going with. Hit me up. There's how you can do it on the screen if you're watching at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, Cannabis 101 Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and you can email Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com, and you can still uh, enter the contest. Even if you'd like to stay anonymous, uh, you know, not everybody is open about their cannabis, and that's totally fine, but everybody should be able to benefit. So uh, if you'd feel like uh, entering anonymously, you can still win a prize we're gonna we're probably gonna draw a few names this week and uh, get a few prize packs out there so that's the cannabis question and that's how you can get in on the prize package this week and here's how you can follow us uh, after we're after as we as we take this break here on the cannabis 101 podcast for at least the summer you can get the uh, relevant app and join Weedopedia and uh, hook up with us hook up with us rather on the cannabis 101 podcast vibe we've got a cool message board you can drop in your pictures and ask questions and you know chat with other people that are like-minded cannabis fans we're doing live 
uh, audio chats on there. Malcolm LaBelle is going to join us. Chris Ionson is going to join us for some weekly stuff, I think. So we're going to try to reach out to some past and uh, future, you know, guests that we didn't have on and guests that we did and revisit some conversations. It's just a really fun way to uh, be able to post about cannabis without it being taken down, without you being shadow banned, without your account being canceled. It's very, very cannabis friendly. All you do is download the app. Relevant is R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Then head to Weedipedia after you download the app and uh, check out the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe. Join the party. Have some fun as we are going to be doing a lot of fun stuff over there. All right. As for what pairs well with cannabis, that is anything that you like to do and involve cannabis, whether that's on the uh, THC, the CBD, or anything else uh, in between sort of things. And you know, a lot of people talk about uh, cleaning. Chris Einson uh, all the time talks about different cultivars that, uh, you know, get him through maybe the mundane task of cleaning his apartment. And uh, I, I really found last night canvas helped me get a lot of cleaning. I was doing some some sweeping, actually. Uh, I was sweeping the Oilers out of the playoffs uh, as a Winnipeg Jet fan. So cannabis really came in handy, uh, sweeping the Oilers out of the playoffs, watching the Jets uh, sweep the Oilers. And uh, for, for some reason, my wife, Trish Nosy McGee, who was an Oilers fan, didn't appreciate it. So I, I don't know if Chris is going to appreciate uh, when I bring it up to him a little bit later. But uh, in, in all, fa- in all uh, joking aside, you know, cleaning does pair well with cannabis. If you've got some things that you got to do that you're not looking forward to, add some cannabis, throw in some uh, headphones or something like that, listen to some music, maybe a podcast, maybe this podcast, I don't know. It gets uh, a lot more fun when you add cannabis, uh, in my opinion, uh, for sure. So there you go. That is what pairs well with uh, cannabis. Um, And I think uh, so many things pair well with cannabis, like music. And as we go into our first guest, uh, we will leave you with the weed song from the artist Sorry About Your Dog. pleased to welcome to the program uh, the owner of Queen of Bud and uh, Queen of Bud uh, can mean uh, a retail store could also mean uh, growing Ashley Newman is uh, joining me on the program today Ashley thanks so much uh, for being a guest on the program how are things today excellent and thank you so much for having me on I appreciate uh, your time and one thing I like to always ask every one of my guests uh, no matter where they are uh, in the industry, is kind of what they did before the cannabis industry, because or the legal cannabis industry, recreational, I should say, uh, because most of us had some sort of job uh, before. You know, I was in sports 
television and radio before I started doing this. And so we all have come from somewhere. You know, what was uh, your career like before you decided to start Queen of Bud? Yeah, well, I would say my career was kind of all over the place. Um, I didn't really have uh, a specific job before cannabis. I was trying a variety of different businesses for many years. Uh, They say you have to fail uh, a numerous amount of times before you find um, a success. And that's kind of what happened to me. Each failure taught me a very important lesson. And I think that when you combine those lessons, it's really helped me execute Queen of Bud um, properly. Uh, But yeah, I I was working uh, in the asbestos industry. I had a marketing company. I did a little bit of property management, a little bit of real estate, uh, selling ice wine and blueberries to China, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. really anything I could. Uh, I was a single mom. And so uh, when, um, you know, I, I did anything I could to try and provide for my children. Uh, and that brings with it, as you come into the, the cannabis space, so many different aspects of so many different things. And it probably gives you uh, a unique amount of uh, experiences when you're dealing with an industry that is so new and, and obviously highly uh, regulated. What about cannabis in general? When and why did that become a part of your personal life? Yeah, so um, I got my medical card uh, about six years ago. And that was when I got more into cannabis. I always enjoyed it, but it was more of a kind of recreational thing uh, when I could find it or get get a hold of it. Um, and then I was diagnosed with endometriosis and it was very, very painful. I had multiple surgeries. I had a hysterectomy at 24 years old and the endometriosis spread to my bladder. And so they were going to perform another surgery. And um, they kept trying to give me oxycotons and uh, very harsh pain medication. And I decided that I didn't like how it made me feel. um, And I wanted to find a more natural alternative. So I went to the doctor and asked uh, for my medical card for cannabis. And she said, absolutely not, but do you want some more oxys? And I was like, no. Uh, so I decided to go to a different doctor uh, and finally got my medical card. So I started off with CBD. Um, and I really, I would say after two to three weeks, I had almost no pain. Uh, and so I, I thought it was a miracle. Um, and then continued to use it. Now I actually don't use CBD every day and I still don't have any kind of inflammation or pain. It's, it's been amazing. And then uh, I started to work in the THC. So I would say that the medical side helped me physically, but the THC uh, began to kind of change my perspective on life and me as a person. And I began, began to get more in touch with uh, my spirituality and, um, and I guess kind of my true self. And so I, as soon as the legalization was going to happen and I knew that I could open up a store, I wanted to start on the growing side, but it was way more expensive and I had a hard time even raising money for the retail side. So I thought, let's start it with retail the brand and then our opportunity to expand from there um and i opened up the first retail store because i just really wanted to spread that love and connection with the world and with people and just 
I think nowadays we idolize things that don't truly ever contribute to our happiness. And I kind of wanted to spread that, that message through, through cannabis. Uh, that you, first of all, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you know, found your way to cannabis instead of, uh, like so many people, unfortunately do just take more Oxycontin and shame, shame on that doctor on, you know, and for, for, you know, unfortunately pushing these same things. I've heard so many stories and, and unfortunately there's so many sad endings of people that uh, end up taking those and, you know, starting to hear more great stories of people that either were on them and, and got off them thanks to cannabis and treated their pain that way, or, you know, never had to go down that, that path anyway. And, you know, the more stories like that we can tell, you know, hopefully more believers we can make of people to, to give cannabis a try instead of some of the other things. Absolutely. I'm very grateful that um, I don't have an addictive personality, uh, but I can definitely see how people get hooked on those medications um, and they can be very dangerous. Uh, the good thing about cannabis is, is I can leave for two weeks to Costa Rica and just stop smoking weed cold turkey and there's not, there's no issues. I, I'm exactly the same. So. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a wonderful plant for so many different reasons. Whether uh, you use it medically, like I do, or recreationally, like I also do, and so there's many different ways uh, to enjoy it. So uh, you kind of let us in on why you wanted to get into the the cannabis industry, and I absolutely love it. Uh, but what was the process like? You, you know, you looked at uh, growing, and then uh, decided to go uh, retail. And we'll get into the growing in a bit with what you're doing there. But what was the process like getting into retail? Um, you know, I've heard all stories from uh, it was very smooth to uh, man we waited nine months paying the bills until we could get uh, our, our license so to speak so what was it like for queen of bud with your first location yeah so i um when i was looking for an investor part of the reason not a lot of people would invest is because they were concerned that there was going to be supply issues and if there's no supply then how do you generate sales um, so for me, I just knew I had to be one of the first stores open. I believe we were the third store in Alberta and possibly Canada that opened. Um, so I worked really, really hard because I knew, and the AGLC was phenomenal working with me at that time um, to to help me get there. Um, but I had no clue. I had no experience uh, in it with liquor or with the AGLC, and they really helped walked me through that process um, but it was very difficult I decided to lock up leases in February of 2018 so I actually had uh, a few stores approved uh, by the city and then we were going to open a bunch and um, and then I decided to just stick with flagship locations just Calgary and Toronto, we had one in Saskatchewan as well that we ended up selling and deciding not to open. Um, and just so I could stay really focused on the two that we have and make sure that they are awesome and everyone is happy. And it really is, I name each store after a crystal that I can emotionally relate to at the time of building it. So each Queen of Bud store isn't identical. It has similar elements, but um, the themes are different. So Calgary is white and bright, and then uh, Toronto is our black obsidian store. So it's a little bit darker, but they both have chandeliers and, and beautiful furniture and features. And so um, to get the Calgary store open, 
uh, locked up the leases in February. In March, um, we were able to apply. So I made sure I went at like 6.30 in the morning before anyone else got there. And I waited outside the building for an hour and a half with my applications to ensure that um, I was one of the first applications in. Um, and then I probably borderline harassed the AGLC, <laughs> just checking in constantly, being like, did you get my application? Is it good? What do you need? And they're like, well, you kind of messed up on this. I said, what do you, I'll drive up there today. Like I, uh, for me, failure was not an option. I mean, I put everything I had into this. If this failed, I mean, I'd probably have to move in with my mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> with my girls and failure was not an option uh so march he put in the applications and then i had to get an investor by uh june and so that we could finalize the due diligence period and then begin to build out the store so it was ready for october 17th uh the problem with that is is the investor i had um ended up not being able to invest a week before due diligence closed so that was very, very uh, stressful in the AGLC. They're not going to favor me over others. And they were just kind of like, if you don't get this sorted out, and then you're out. Like, we have other applications on the go here. So um, it was a very tight time frame to find an investor. And somehow with determination and just like, resilience, I ended up accomplishing it. And then got the investor, got due diligence approved. And then it was uh, by that time, by the time all of that had happened, it was already August, towards the end of August. So then we had six weeks to build out the store. Um, and again, that was really, really stressful, but we ended up pulling it off uh, for October 17th, but we had to wait until the following week because uh, the AGLC couldn't deliver until uh, the following uh, the following week. So we opened on October 24th, which is the day after my birthday. So that was mm -hmm. a nice uh, 28th birthday gift. And, uh, and to be honest, it's like, it's been really hard ever since. I mean, there's not, I have so many goals and things that I want to accomplish. So it's not like, oh, I opened up one store and I relaxed. It was like, okay, let's get Toronto. Then with Toronto, it's like, okay, now, uh, I want our own cannabis products. And at the time, um, you had to figure out a way of making that happen because there wasn't an independent that was a retailer that then became an LP with their own branded cannabis products. So I had to find ways around the regulations and, and, and to kind of figure out how to do that. Um, and, and we did. And then it became now we got to get our sales license and Health Canada was kind of unsure if they were going to approve uh, Queen of Bud. So we had QOB and that's why we um, have the two different brands at this time was because we weren't sure if Queen of Bud was going to get approved. Luckily, it did and, and it worked out. Um, and from from getting the sales license, then we launched product onto the market and uh, you know, you can, then you have to generate sales and that is a lot of work. So uh, I started traveling around. I've visited over 150 stores probably at this point now throughout Alberta and anything I could do to help those stores. Luckily, I was a founder of the Alberta Cannabis Council. And for me, this whole 
cannabis space was supposed to kind of be my safe place and a place of love and collaboration. And so from day one, I never saw any of my competitors as competitors. I always helped them. I've helped over 40 stores open. I've done their order forms. I've helped them set up their POS. I've um, like I've anything I can to help people in this industry uh, I've done. And so um, I, I think that that probably helped in the end because they saw that I wasn't a retail competitor, but rather someone that's always just tried to be an ally and be a friend to them. Mm, a a tr tremendous pay it forward attitude. I always say, and it's corny, but we're all sort of pulling on the same hemp rope in this industry right now because we have to uh, get everybody, uh, you know, uh, a helping hand. So when you, when you look and we're looking at uh, queenofbud.ca, beautiful website and, and i'm guessing this is the the cal the white store in calgary what's what's something people should expect when they walk into a queen of bud retail store in uh, calgary or toronto yeah so um i love wayne scotting so you'll see a little bit of wayne scotting you'll see chandeliers and we always do a flower wall i actually build those um, myself. So I take green panels and then you can uh, take a staple gun and staple gun it to the wall and then you add in the flowers. I'm very particular on how I like them uh, to look and to be assembled. So um, yeah, that's something I kind of work on. At the Toronto store, I actually drew out a bunch of the furniture. So on a piece of paper, I drew everything out. Uh, and then we had this amazing um, woodworker build everything and kind of bring my vision to life so in toronto you see this big tree christmas flowers hanging from it and kind of a circular bench around it so uh you can expect that it'll be glamorous and beautiful but at the same time approachable and for everyone um something i believe in and this was very important to me when it came to the aesthetic of the store is yes it will look beautiful but i always hated going into stores like holt renfrew and if you're not dressed up or then you know you just kind of feel out of place or like you don't belong this was a beautiful store that is meant for beautiful people and everyone in this world is beautiful in their own way. And so we do have a massive homeless clientele. You can probably see a few of them sitting in our front lobby and I'll give them some, some weed and, you know, uh, coffee and just we're here to um, help the community. Uh, so you can expect really friendly bud tenders. We're here to make your day um sometimes people are having a bad day and they take a lot out on the bud tenders and i always tell them it has nothing to do with you it's just people having a bad day and you have the power to actually change their day around you know tell them a joke or make them laugh or compliment them you know make them feel good in in some in some way so i think that's what you can expect at a queen of bud store uh, that's excellent and and you know i tell uh when you know people reach out to me and they they ask me these questions and you know i i never ever uh you know i i host a show where i talk to experts and that's about the expert expertise that i get i i know some things but i tell them go to your nearest store talk to the bud tenders that's what they are there for they are you know you know the the education comes filters down and then it comes out to the consumer through the bud tenders so and and i always uh, really, really try to, uh, you know, visit my favorite stores and, uh, you know, 
just give us a thank you, just a little bit of appreciation. You know, just like your bud tender can change somebody else's day, the customer can really change a bud tender's day with just a, a thank you of appreciation because as as COVID has gone, we're all a little bit more stressed. And whether it's the grocery clerk or the bud tender, I think they all deserve a little bit of a thanks these days. Absolutely. And it's not just about COVID. I think before we come to this life and before uh, we get to experience this world, we come from the same place before here. So regardless of your avatar or your status within this world, you we are all equal and we're all the same before this life. And that is something that we are missing currently. You know, we're so divided but we shouldn't be because at the end of the day, we're all the same. Very much true. Uh, okay. So you're, you've been in the retail side and now you're into growing and I want to get into more of that, but you know, what is just the, the big difference um, between the two sides? I, I'm, I'm guessing they're both very, very busy. Uh, also have both uh, strict regulations, but are they just vastly different or are there things about them that are the same that, that you can use uh, between both industries? No, they're pretty different, I would say. Uh, retail, um, you need a good team. That was something I had to learn the hard way is that I wanted to hire people that I believed could build the skills if they focused and if they were like me and determined. And then I realized that you really, for these high higher up positions, you need people that already have those skills that can execute it properly, especially if you're um, trying to do other things and grow the company. So that was a big lesson I learned in retail. Now everything functions pretty easy. We have a smaller retail team um, and, and, and an amazing uh, executive team that kind of oversees it. And on the grow side, um, you know, my my partner Jesse, he I don't think anyone could have executed that facility the way he did. He, he He's a genius. He's so smart and he's so good at managing a large group of people. Um, and then when it comes to the marketing and sales end of things uh, with the cannabis, it's, it's unique. I say that I could probably run any kind of business at this point because cannabis is so difficult. There's no other business that is as regulated as this one where I have to watch what I say on Instagram, watch what I do, and not just on the company pages, I'm talking me personally as well, um, because I've made myself a part of the brand. Um, it's so regulated for me personally. And um, yeah, so it's, but I kind of like that because I, I like finding solutions to problems and I think I'm really, I'm really good at it. And so if the Health Canada or the AGLC the, or the various provinces come back and they say, no, you can't do something, they usually write an explanation as to why. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much because now I'm going to read through that and I'm going to figure out how I can take that and um, actually do something. Like, for instance, I couldn't, I wanted to describe how the strains made someone feel right so we have love with rose quartz we have 
serenity with blue topaz, gratitude with shungite. Um, and so originally I just wanted to describe those meanings. So like love, serenity, gratitude, and you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to describe how a strain makes you feel. And so they sent that back and I thought, oh, that sucks. And then I, it kind of, the universe is never really rejecting you it's just redirecting you to something better and so then that was when I came up with okay well if I can't describe how they make you feel then I'm gonna attach them I'm gonna attach the cultivar with a crystal that if people google that crystal or it has a meaning attached to it then it will describe how the the cultivar will make you feel I love that. I was going to ask you about the names, and uh, and I'm glad you went there. Uh, what have you really enjoyed about the growing process? I can't wait till I have somewhere to actually grow some plants at home and dive into it. But what do you love about you know start to finish growing? Oh, the grow facility is my happy place. Like if I could just sit in there all day, the smell, the plants, and just oh, it's it's the best. That out of everything that I do, I really enjoy the the marketing side of things and, and product development and thinking of new crystals and new meanings and how we can, um, you know, if someone sits down and smokes a joint, you know, make them think of 10 things that they're grateful for and kind of bring out the spiritual side of cannabis because that's one of the most beautiful aspects of it. Um, but on the growing end, I mean, that is one of my favorite, uh, favorite places to be. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I, I think those facilities are so great and, and I think it's great, uh, you know, hopefully we, we, you know, we get some more farm gate uh, things going and tourism and cannabis tourism. And I think showing people just how beautiful the product is, uh, is, is great. And this is the, uh, I guess the other website, can a queen of bud cannabis.com let's talk about some of the products that you guys have growing at that wonderful facility yeah so we have the uh rose quartz which is the rosetta stone that i was talking about earlier that kind of chills sativa we have blue topaz that's going to be your heavier indica and then a shungite that's still an indica but a little bit less heavy um yeah and, and it's uh um, hand trimmed, hang dried, hand packaged. Uh, we do put a lot of labor into our pre-rolls and into our flower. I think that what separates you from being good and excellent is in the details. And of course, details are going to come at a cost. Uh, so we are willing to, to definitely put in the work and, and put up the cost in order to ensure that we have a product that I'm truly proud of saying is queen of bud, you know, like I, I have such a high standard. I had a high standard for retail. It was really cool. We were one of the first stores. So we got to, you know, introduce being pet friendly. We got to introduce, uh, you know, price matching and, so many cool things that are so normal in this industry now. I had to like fight with the ATLC on uh, back in the day. I was like, can I have pets? They're like, well, it doesn't really say you can't. And I'm like, perfect. We're having pets. <laughs> so um, I see that. I, I don't even remember the question now. <laughs> Sorry. 
That's okay. That's okay. Uh, just, um, I, I think your passion just shines through uh, when it comes. And, you know, one thing about uh, uh, being a cannabis store and ingrating yourself in the community is you win people over. So I think that's a really smart uh, way to, you know, open your doors to the to community that you're in. And um, it's, it's a good way to, you know, win people over and, and bring in cannabis fans. So uh, I think that's good that you're always trying to... Uh, um, you know, uh, find solutions because if, if there's an industry where there's a lot of problems that you face and you have to be creative and you have to find solutions, it's this one. And, <laughs> you know, if you don't like that, you're in the wrong industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like it. I mean, and that's why I say that it has not gotten easy. Every single week we're having to pivot in a different direction. Like we were supposed to launch, um, one skew and we're ready to go it's about to get made and then all of a sudden health canada sends us an email saying oh no we've changed all like our packaging regulations and your current package won't work and it's like what like now we have to um you know luckily we didn't have to redo the ctls submission that's a 60-day window but we had to then source other packaging and it's just now i'm I'm used to it before I used to be like, are you kidding? Like no other industry goes through this, but now I'm just like, you want to change packaging? No problem. Delay our product by six weeks. No problem. You know, like it's, it is what it is. And that's why I smoke weed too, to be in this industry and deal with the things I have to deal with on a daily basis. You know, how, how, how much, how large we've kind of become. I, I think, uh, you just got to be high all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, and hopefully those, uh, you know, things will change and get better and easier as we go. Um, but the one question I really wanted to ask is I think, and I've said this to a lot of people, this industry, the legal industry in Canada is so brand new. There should be zero problems with diversity. And I say should because it's brand new. It has an opportunity to really set an example for a lot of other industries where their boardrooms or their whatever it is are filled with old white men. So what do you think about that diversity right now in the cannabis industry and where it might go to? Yeah, so it definitely used to be a lot of um a lot of males. Uh I was on a board I was on many boards for cannabis and uh I was always the only female. Maybe that's why they asked me. <laughs> but um yeah, it's but I will say it is changing. There's so many amazing women in this industry now and it's like I go into ca- cannabis stores and majority of the bud tenders I would say are women now and it's amazing to see other CEOs and women you know it's easy to say oh we have an executive team that's women but they all have kind of marketing positions but to actually see a CEO and a CFO like that's so incredible and it it is changing for sure and it it is uh, I think becoming a little bit more equal. Well, that, that's the good thing about uh, a brand new industry is you have an opportunity to just start off 
uh, and and change if it's not going in the right direction uh, right away instead of again you know, getting 100 years into an industry and deciding that hey we should be a little bit more diverse than these 10 white men around this uh, around this table so um having said that what about the uh, the opinion on cannabis so you know since you first got involved um you know there is a, a strong opinion uh, from some people the stigma you know whatever word you want to use about it Do, have you seen that change over the past you know two and a half years or whatever we are here into legalization yeah it's changed a lot so again i was one of the first uh retailers to open and and uh i remember with one of the locations that we had um, there was a whole group of people that showed up to appeal the store like i'm talking like 50 people that were standing there with signs saying that i'm hurting their children that like that I'm killing people it was insane I've never gone through anything like that in my life and it's like guys you don't even understand you that's the problem with opinions is people are so they have such strong opinions but what you don't understand is opinions kind of evolve and change throughout time that's why I try not to have too strong of an opinion on something because in another two years it might be totally different um, but now we're definitely seeing, uh, or at least I'm seeing that people are more accepting of cannabis. Uh, and now those same people that were protesting me all love CBD and those sprays, the hounds to spray and they come into the store and we've, we we're good now. And so you, I've, I've definitely seen it change, especially with me as a mom before people would kind of judge me and say, how can you do that when you have kids? And now all these moms are like, wow, you've inspired me. And, um, you know, I got into the industry because of you. And, and it's just, it's really nice to see that that, um, that that stigma is kind of going away. Um, not fully, but it's getting there. It's evolving. Yeah, listen, every, everybody is allowed to have their own opinion. You know, it's their opinion. That's that's their right. But, you know, having an educated opinion uh, or a researched opinion is even better. And, and a, a lot of times, uh, you know, not just with, with cannabis, but, you know, I come from a sports background. A lot of people have an opinion about a player until you actually present some facts about that player, and, and then it changes. So it's the same thing with the, uh, the, the cannabis industry. Uh, and on that, what do you think of the first two, plus uh, years uh, that we are into uh, legalization where you know we started with something very small and basic and uh, you know a few products until we're growing into all these great things how do you think we've done so far as a country with legalization I think we've done very good uh, I, I mean there's obviously things I would have probably done differently uh, or that I would like to change but I can't so it's why even dwell on it or, or think about it? Uh, as a country, I will say that, uh, and it's going more in this direction now, but we definitely need to stop competing against each other in the industry because we have the ability to make, uh, so this is actually an interesting story and something I learned when I was uh, selling ice wine and blueberries to China. They love anything Canadian. They think that our ice wine, our cherries are so much better because of the the pH levels and the water. And so what if we are able to do that with cannabis? If we work together and we stop tearing each other down and we're transparent and honest and truthful um, and we have integrity, I think we can 
bring in tons of revenue for our country and create many jobs. And this could be kind of the next oil of Canada. Yeah, I, I, I kind of say that we have an opportunity right now to be that legal Amsterdam is, you know, maybe many people think Amsterdam is it's legal and you can do whatever. It's actually not, but it's a tourist destination because that has been said for so long. There's a lot of com- countries that are going to start catching up. Mexico, you know, the United States is going to be sandwiched between legalization. We right now have an opportunity to be like the can Well, I guess right, not right now because nobody's traveling, but when we get through this, we, I, I would love to see our doors opened up and say, hey, you know, you want legal cannabis where you're not going to get a ticket unless you're, you know, smoking it in the wrong area. You can go buy it. You can use it in, in, a, in a legal and safe way. Come here and visit. And then, oh, oh by the way, we have these great uh, mountains and parks and everything else that we have to offer. But it could be, I think it's a selling point for Canada right now where it should be. 100%. What do you think? And, is the... I, and also collaboration is huge. I truly would not be here today. And Queen of Bud would not be a business today if it was not for collaboration and the help of my competitors. Indeed. Uh, all right. Let's end with this. What do you think is the next big thing in cannabis? Uh, you know, as we went over, we started with, you know, flour and, and oil. And now we have these great things. And, and we just talked about tourism. Is there something in your mind that you think will be kind of the next uh, wow factor or something that's really going to take the cannabis to the next level? Yeah, tourism is very, uh, very interesting. A few cannabis companies are going in that direction doing cannabis tours. So I think that'll be really, really cool. Uh, as far as products go, um I think those patches, or that's at least something I would love to do, is the the patches that you can put on. It's a little bit difficult with Health Canada um, and the regulations, but I think that that would be a very uh, cool product to see on the market. Um, And then as far as uh, something I think that will uh, really change the industry, or at least on the growing side of things, are, are these tissue labs. And so it allows you to... Uh, instead of cutting clones and you're kind of guessing, you don't know what it's going to come out at, you can actually um, take it and it be exactly the same molecular molecular, molecular compound uh, or exactly the same um, genetic and you can you know it'll come out at exactly that amount of terps that exactly that amount of THC uh, the mothers as well kind of deteriorate and so to see um, these tissue labs coming up where they can actually uh, they have a solution for that. I think that'll be very interesting uh, in the future as well. Yeah, I I can't wait for that. Uh, you know, and that's going to be really important for people that are looking for specific things, whether it's recreationally or it, or it's medically. And you know, I I always like to say I think it's amazing that I can go to a Queen of Bud store, buy a pre roll, come home, sm- sit on my deck and smoke it, and nobody's calling the cops. I love I I definitely love that, but. The big thing I'm really excited about with cannabis in general is the amount we're going to learn about the plant and, and then, you know, how much down the road that is going to actually help different people in different situations. Yeah, the various compounds. Uh, like, for instance, THCV um, is uh, an appetite suppressant. 
It increases your metabolism. It's good for weight loss. So once we start to research the other compounds, I think it'll be very interesting what we um, discover. There's so we're only a few years into this and the stigma around cannabis is starting to change. So I think that we will begin to see more research around it. And I'm curious to see what those results look like. Yeah, I think it's going to be wonderful. Ashley, this has been so much fun. Uh, it's great to to get to know you. Uh, I can't wait to get down to Calgary at some point and uh, when I can and get into uh, a store and check it out. And uh, uh, best of luck on the retail and, of course, uh, the growing side. Uh, the industry needs more people like you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time. Really excited to uh, bring on uh, another uh, great Alberta and Canadian, of course, uh, cannabis company with Josh Wong, the president of RGB Cannabis. Uh, we did one hitters. Check that out uh, in the next few days uh, here at the Cannabis 101 podcast. It was a lot of fun. But uh, Josh, I always like to start this uh, interview with all of my guests with kind of the the, the the same question, and that's like, you know, what did you do before you got into cannabis? Because for, for most of us, we had some sort of job before legalization in, in 2018, and uh, you had a, a pretty uh, eventful, successful, fun career before you decided to jump into making great cannabis. Yeah, Dean, thanks, first of all, for bringing me on the podcast. Uh, I'm a fan for sure, and, uh, you know, we're, we're out in the stores every day, and I definitely hear hear people talking about it so congrats on that buddy it's uh it's an important show and i think you know as as i as i started uh i started sort of in music and in entertainment as a young fella and then i moved into directing my father bought me a camera and i started doing commercials and you know corporate videos and eventually i started making documentaries I had some success with documentary filmmaking, you know, some of my films have been in festivals. And uh, the last sort of film I started working in 2016 was a film called Growing Gold. And Growing Gold uh, was an opportunity for me to follow some of the founding uh, legalized cannabis companies. Uh, and it was interesting. It was, it was, it was a fascinating experience. I mean, uh, making the choice to go from filmmaking to cannabis couldn't have really been more seamless in a way because I was, you know, I got introduced to cannabis through the, you know, my, you know, my trade. So as I, as I, as I progressed, um, through the film, I started to realize, to be honest, that uh, most of these people were uh, were less experienced in cannabis as I was. Uh, so then as I learned the business, I, I really just started to see, a, a, you know, it was an obvious step for me. Um, and I wasn't, I was quite successful, but I, I, I didn't, I wasn't very fulfilled. Like being a commercial director and making corporate videos is, is it's, it's pretty vapid, you know, you're not really, you know, doing anything important. So you can either like dig in and be like, um, 
a really thoughtful documentary filmmaker like Werner Herzog or somebody like that and try to really go after that. But that's, that's a life of misery in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and not to mean that you'd be broke more like the, the more you get successful, the worse it's going to be. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of his real big movies, but like, you know, he made movies about the Kuwait oil sands and, you know, like all kinds of crazy, awful places you have to go and freeze your, you know, like, you know, being a documentary filmmaker is, 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 I don't know, it's kind of thankless in a way, unless the, like the material is what makes it great. So that's, that's, so when, when you love cannabis, you're like, oh, well, this movie's really fun to make. And then I realized, well, I don't even like movies. I'd rather just keep working in cannabis. <laughs> so, so that's sort of what happened to me is I, I, a lot of people were like, are you insane? Like all these cannabis people, to be honest, want to be filmmakers, right? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a filmmaker. I am a filmmaker. I don't need to, like, I can just go make a film by myself with my, com this computer I'm talking to you on and, a, and a, my phone. Like yeah. I, I can make an award film. I'm pretty confident in that. So I don't really think about it anymore as like a job. Like, I think that's really what happened is cannabis gave me the freedom to be a true auteur of film. So I'm in a really unique position because I didn't really choose to go away from my industry. Mm -hmm. I, I needed to move on in my career as an artist. And in order to do that, I had to let go of like all this commercial production and all this stuff that distracts me from making good art. Cannabis doesn't distract me from that. I love the cannabis business. I mean, I meet guys like you every day, right? Like people that love and enthusiastic. Uh, they're, you know, from some other industry that decided that, you know, I'm going to, I was a banker and now I'm a banker who works in cannabis. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, there, there's jobs for all kinds of people in the industry. And I, and I really do believe that the industry is for us to create so that's why I like to push back. That's what my company is about is sort of pushing back from this, this, this idea that we have to be um, like Coors or Anheuser-Busch or something like we don't have to do that. We can be like skateboard companies. I say that all the time or, or snowboard companies, mm -hmm. you know, like <clears throat> Powell and Peralta, man. That's, that's who I want to be really. That's what RGB is to me is like, it's, it's a, it's a founding company that was founded on, you know, excellent skateboards and excellent skateboard wheels that's it it's not you know we make good weed that's why people like us not because there's any flash or any special thing we did just we just make really good weed and <clears throat> because we like weed and we want to smoke good weed love it uh what about uh, you yourself when did cannabis and why did it become part of your personal life uh, I think I moved to Vancouver. I, I mentioned that. I mean, I'd always kind of experimented and had cannabis around, but I never really was an everyday smoker or anything. But when I moved to Vancouver in the early 90s, um, I just got a bunch of roommates that were honestly complete activists. Uh, you know, they really um, explained the prohibition and the fact that, you know, lumber companies and industry in general didn't want hemp products. And that's sort of why they outlawed cannabis in the beginning. I don't think a lot of people understand that. So like when, when you meet those kind of people, 
especially at an impressionable, impressionable age, I was about 20 when I started, you know, talking to people about that stuff and living in VC and being submerged in that culture and, and, you know, experiencing with the police out there, like when, when the police, you know, I, we got caught several times with cannabis and, you know, they don't just really don't do anything, you know, it's all oh, throw it out or whatever. They dump it out. Maybe and it's heartbreaking for a moment, but, um, you know, it, it, like it wasn't really, <laughs> I'll never forget one time my friends and I were in Vancouver in uh, Stanley park and we had, um, we had done some kind of psychotropic or something like M- MDMA or something. And we, we were in the park. It was like two in the afternoon. It was a Saturday and a policeman rode up on a horse, like, a, and she was so beautiful and she had like a yellow jacket and a white <laughs> helmet and her hair was all flowing. And she's like, gentlemen, please leash up your animal. And we put the dog on a leash and she rode by and it was just like, you know, like that, what, <clears throat> you know, that was before Vancouver was special at that time. It wasn't so gentrified. Right. And, and, and there was a lot of artists living downtown and, uh, you know, that was a special time, I think, to be in Vancouver and cannabis was one of the only places on earth other than Amsterdam, you know, that was like Vansterdam. That's what they used mm. to call it. Where, where it was really like you could just walk down the street smoking cannabis so you really didn't um it, it became a part of your everyday life whether you wanted it to be or not if you live in vancouver you don't hate the smell of cannabis otherwise you wouldn't live there <laughs> like, right. you'd go live in delta or whatever you know what i mean like you'd go into a suburb that it doesn't allow that or whatever but that like the core of Vancouver, that the whole culture of Vancouver accepts cannabis. They always have. So you don't like, even now, like in Calgary and in Edmonton, I think is the same is it is illegal. It's a hundred dollar fine. I might be wrong about Edmonton, but in Calgary, it's a hundred dollar fine to consume cannabis in public. Like what Mm. in Vancouver, you can smoke cannabis anywhere. You can smoke tobacco. So that's just a cultural thing right there. It's like, it's just completely acceptable. Yeah. In Edmonton, you can, uh, in, in certain areas, you have to be a certain distance away from buildings and, and things like that. And there's certain areas that you're, you're not allowed to, but, uh, it is, it is a fairly different, uh, than, than what it ever was. Um, okay. Let's talk about, uh, growing cannabis, uh, RGB. Tell me about the process Step one to seeing your plants actually growing. What was it like getting into it, uh, you know, um, as, as far as, uh, you know, being a producer of cannabis? Uh, I think, you know, growing cannabis in your bedroom or whatever, like growing six plants or even 10 plants is like a lot of people can get really good at that, to be honest. It's not. It, I mean, it's difficult, but I mean, it's like playing bass. Once you get better at it and you start learning some stuff and some techniques, you'd be good, right? Mm-hmm. But what was difficult, I think, is when you start thinking about supplying the nation and the governments are quite unforgiving. They don't they don't really have a process quite yet for, you know, onboarding companies that are small, you know, they kind of are like, Hey, we need this, you know, and they're, and and, to be honest, they've been pretty understanding with us, but it's difficult to grow to scale, I guess is what I'm saying. If you're really trying to make great cannabis, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a, 
there's a balance there. And I think um, when it comes to RGB, it, it boils down to people. So we have a partnership with Candry. Uh, that's pretty, we were very proudly uh, vocal and you know wear that on our sleeves. Uh, because Candry is what I would consider one of the only things I've ever really seen, especially in Canada, that is a, it's an owner-operated facility that is like 43,000 square feet. Uh, you know, we have the state-of-the-art equipment. I have every piece of anything that I need. I can get any nutrients. I can have any flush cycle. I can hand trim. I can hang dry everything all, all at once in humidity-controlled room every bath you know what i mean like that's that is what uh you know kind of like tweed and those kind of companies canopy like that's sort of the facility size they have so what i have is this beautiful canvas right and and rgb was a group of artists and candry really recognized that so we're, we're working on art, you know, and that's, that's like, I don't really, I can't really explain it in any other better way. We could get into the techniques and SOPs. And uh, I mean, that's sort of for the growers to talk about. They can nerd out about that stuff when they meet in person. If you want to ask our growers, uh, the growers are Garrett and Jeff and um, Genevieve at Candry. So at Calypris, the facility in Sundry. And we work pretty closely. Like, I mean, they are really, really in touch with us. We communicate with them, especially Genevieve through Instagram. And we talk about different products and we talk about different strains and we curate the strains that we actually, I mean, they have a pretty robust research and development and we're not the only brand in there. And we, we definitely um, make the effort to research what they're growing and how it grows and what its attributes are. And I think, you know, the, the, our, my ability certainly, and, and my partner, Steve Colburn's ability to read a COA uh, probably exceeds most people who work in cannabis companies, unless they're in acquisitions or, you know, um, but I'm the president. So we're like, we've kind of, with RGB, we cut a lot of the middle people out. So I'm the sommelier and I'm the president, you know, so that that cuts a lot of nonsense out in the middle and a lot of gray area of like who like do, do we, we have to ask Josh, is it is it good? Like, we, you know, well, I, I don't have to ask myself. I know. So that helps a lot, especially when it comes to these procedures like you've got them up there right now. Hang dry, hand trimmed, hand packaged like basically if you're not doing those three things then sell your weed for 25 bucks an eighth or whatever mm -hmm. and grow it for 13 cents like you don't need to be competing with me and trying to sell 50 dollars eights because what we do is like we highly curate these things like not just the strains but every single batch like we're working every single lot to be better and and by better, it doesn't just mean stronger THC, but it does include stronger THC. But I refuse to push THCs into ridiculous ranges, 28 and all this mm. stuff, simply just to push it there. Like I have opportunities to acquire cannabis and work with cannabis that tests at these rates. Pardon me. And then I, I test it and I'm, you know, it doesn't, it's not very good.
and and you and I both know that there's more to it. You know, THC is mostly just an activator and the terpenes and the minor cannabinoids and especially CBG. It's why we came out with our 72 volt. It's got 2.7% CBG in it. Like what? I, I think once people understand, like, I don't believe there's anything like it. So, you know, if, if you know, we're looking for a sativa or what, you know, I, I don't really enjoy that word too much yeah. because it's a Latin and we can get into everything's hybrid, whatever. Right. But the bottom line is that, what we did with RGB um, is we <clears throat> we created, created a color system. We created a color system that could just go, okay, red is what people are trying. When they ask for sativa, what they're asking for is a red experience. So I try to curate each strain to give you an uplifting experience. Right. And then when it comes to blue, I do the opposite. I'm looking for Afghan and Kush ancestry and all these, uh, you know, CBN and, 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 and Mercine and, and things that really sort of relax the body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the long and the short of it is the creation of cannabis and the creation of RGB cannabis is a huge amount of people coming together in agreement to agree that this is the right product to bring to market because we don't, we don't want to bring crap. And I, and I just think it's a sea of crap pretty much right now. So it's hard to, it's hard to really convince someone to say, Hey, leave the legacy market, leave those guys behind those MMR guys. And, and, you know, even though the eighth is, $25 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're asking them to really, you're asking the average customer to really reach. And if you're not doing the work, uh, just, just get out of the way kind of, you know what I mean? Cause mm -hmm. go, go work in beverages or whatever, go work in things that have, you know, small margins and small minds or whatever, like people that are going to start being in cannabis. I think they're going to start to recognize like, you know, like why are we putting trim in the pre-rolls? Yeah. Like that's not a legacy process, right? Let's go back to the color system that you have. Uh, so you 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 you, you know, R, R G. No, that's all right. R, but R G B is the the name of the company. So you got red, green, blue, and black too. So so you you've kind of gone through the red and blue. So what's the green and black? Are they somewhere in the middle, or how does that? Yeah, work green. Out? Green is really special. Green is our specialty brand. It's a super ultra premium brand. I actually haven't brought a green product to market yet, uh, partially because I have one coming, but it may be a new brand that we won't talk about quite yet, but, um, but it'll still be kind of a green. Uh, and black is Steve and my like curated cannabis basically uh I'm, I'm a big fan of black i wear i wear pretty much black all the time <laughs> black <laughs> rgb black you know we, we uh so black was sort of our like legit like i don't know the logo is like a, a a burning joint you know like it's people who like black uh like the the black brand are are um they're not worried about you know oh i don't want to smoke too much or i don't want to you know, they're, they just want to get pretty high, you know, so that's sort of what black's all about is blacks are personally curated and, and the black that we have to market is pretty incredible. It's uh, designed by Omertra Genetics 
and um, it was designed for PTSD. Mm. So it is a, a real banger. It's, it's one of those ones that I, I like to think has, it has a lot of really great attributes so that um, it doesn't really matter what, what gets you high, whether it's strong terpenes or strong minor cannabinoids or high THC, it's pretty much got all of those things. So, you know, if, unless it's, unless it's, you're looking for CBD, the black brand is the one that I personally like to smoke pretty much all the time. And then the blues and the reds are exactly what they're for. If I need, like in the morning, I'll smoke a little blast from the, the red. And then around lunchtime, I just, this black all day. And then later on, if I need to get rest or if I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm too up, I'll just smoke some of that slurricane that, that usually just uh, writes me right out. So. That's such beautiful stuff. I absolutely love uh, the Slurricane. So uh, we just mentioned it. Uh, we, we've done the 72 volt uh, on Know Your Buds. It was awesome. The Slurricane, I'm a huge fan. What what else do you guys have going as far as, you know, whether it's different cultivars or different kind of types of products that uh, we can expect from RGB? Well, Syracuse. So Syracuse is the black. So so 72 volt Syracuse and Slurricane are our three main um there are three main cultivars. And then we have a 10 pack out now of blacks that are mm. 0.5 pre-rolls. So we do like them. Everyone likes them. They're dog walkers, but they're pretty intimidating price point, like a $51 for a 10 pack. So no, not many people really like those to be honest. They don't sell. Well. Some people really like them, but not enough. So we changed it to a three pack. So the three pack, it will come out here, I think in the next month or so, the 10 pack will be pulled out and there'll be a three pack. So the three pack, it's basically to say, hey guys, if you want to try RGB, 15 bucks. Right. <laughs> here you go. Right. 15 bucks. And that's that's really what everyone's complaining about is they don't really understand how good RGB is. And then if you're, to be honest, if you're a real connoisseur like myself, and I think you too, like I don't really particularly like pre-rolls, but the good news is that pre-rolls that I make are because, and this is uh, to answer your question, is that we're saving a lot of our little buds and our trim uh, so that we could eventually press it and make hash. Mm. So we're not like, I'm doing it the legacy way, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to sell that trim in my pre-rolls. Like that's disgusting. Like, I, I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to judge everybody else, but I just think that that is like highway robbery. Like, that's not cool with me. And we only put like buds in our pre-rolls, right? Mm -hmm. So they're expensive and people are like, oh, I don't like, I think, I think people expect them to be terrible, right? Um, so some guys like swear by them, right? They'll, they love those 10 packs too. So unfortunately those, those poor guys are going to have to buy three packs or roll their own joints for now. But, um, <clears throat> every, every province is different also. Right. So we're getting into see in Ontario as we go, we're speak, we're trying to move into those territories. And so each, each territory prefers different offerings, to be honest. So the 10 packs didn't seem to resonate with too many people just because of the price point. I think people just automatically think because it's a pre-roll, it's not as good a cannabis. Right. I think those 10 packs are such a good idea uh, in cannabis that, you know, some people are not going to smoke a full gram joint for them. And some people, even the, the 0.35s are just perfectly what they need, whether they're running out at an event or, or something like that. And, 
Um, you know, pre-rolls for me are a convenience factor, right? Like they're, totally. you know, I'm, I'm going to a barbecue or something like that. I don't want to bring my uh, grinders or even going camping. You pick up some pre-rolls if you just don't, uh, they're, they're kind of a really cool convenient factor that I'm glad yeah. is around. But here's, here's a funny story. When legalization first started, I went to a, a uh, it used to be Chris Ionson's Nova Cannabis on uh, White Ave. And I looked, I asked them for some pre-rolls and they're like, we don't have any. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any? They're pre-rolls. Like I thought there was literally somebody in the back room. Like remember when Kramer got the Dominicans to roll his uh, cigars? on? Like I thought there were people sitting in the back room rolling and then, oh, here's your pre-roll. Like dispensaries used to do. Yeah. Like, I, went to, yeah. I went to a dispensary in v- Victoria and they called it a chong joint. It was like this yeah. big for $5. Yeah. They just put it. I had no idea that it was all packed. That's how naive I was. I'm like, what do you mean you're out of pre-rolls? Just grab some bud and roll one for me. But, yeah. you yeah. know, like uh, they are, I think, a really great convenience item i i definitely i i like the tempack because it was the reason i thought of them was exactly what you said we kept going camping and i was like rolling spending a half an hour rolling 14 <laughs> joints for people right like right so uh, you know it was just like buy a pack of pre-rolls like even the last time we went camping last year i bought like a bunch of good buds i like good buds i'll i'll, I'll, I'll prop them yeah. uh but i uh i bought a bunch of tyler's weed there and he, they were great, and but they were three packs too, right? So I guess I don't know. People just the the thing is, is you can't move mountains, and you and and the thing when you're a small company like me, I I can't change the industry. It's not possible, right? Like right. all I can do is try to survive and hope people understand that my cannabis is much better than the average cannabis. Like even in the category I'm in, like you're you're up against guys that are they're all machine trimming. They don't even get it, right? Like you know, my guys are doing it by hand. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the question I want to ask of, of people that grow is what does good cannabis look, smell and feel like to you? Like we, when we, when we look at this screen, it obviously involves three, three terms, hand dried uh, or hang dried, hand trimmed, hand packaged. That's something that you guys um, stand by. So when you, when you think of good cannabis, what do you think of? What do you think it should look like? What's the smell? What's the feel of it? Uh, what goes through your mind when you look at good cannabis? I, I think like that's, that's a semantic term. So I guess if we were to define good, first of all, if we like, if we're talking like, I, I like to think of it, especially now that we're in the legal industry as offerings. Okay. So if you're talking about a, a 3.5 gram offering of flour, that's, I think what we do the best. Sure. Uh, and, 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 and when you, when I mean by that is like, you're not going to smoke this every day necessarily. It's a little too expensive. It's like really good whiskey. You don't just crush really good whiskey all the time. You save it for special occasions. But what you do know is that you're going to get a certain quality that the love and care that went into it, uh, that process is not just like ethereal. It's like wine. It's like when you hang dry something, and I don't know if if you've even talked about this on the podcast. I haven't listened to enough of them to know. But, you know, you hang dry something, you're waiting for something to happen, right? You're Mm -hmm. waiting for the chlorophyll to collect in those branches. So the terpenes will get sucked up as well. But then at one moment, there's this one moment where the terpenes drop in. And that's when you snip it off. So the chlorophyll gets trapped like a crab trap or something in the stem. So 
You feel me? If you trim this stuff, like if you shuck it off the off off the tree and then you cut the bud off, you, all the chlorophyll's in there, and that's why all these. That's why you're coughing, guys. Because <laughs> if you have chlorophyll in your cannabis, tons of it, then you're coughing a lot, right? So, you know, that's 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 why people. Oh, why is it so harsh or whatever? But you'll smoke Syracuse, my friend, and you will be like, you never smoked probably anything that smooth on the legal market, right? But like the hang drying, like you can see the photos on our website. It's not easy. It takes 14 days. So like, you know, and, and not even 14 days because we monitor them like the last couple of days we monitor them on the hour. Hmm. So, you know, and it even gets even closer. Like even, I think that goes in lower increments as we get closer and closer to the time where they cut them because it, it's, it's like grapes or whatever. Like if you cut them at the wrong moment, they're sour or whatever. Right. And you want the sweet grape, you know, it's, I, that's why I try to explain to people that it's, it's, it's not just the technique. It's actually the effort. That's the reality. So when you talk about people that are growing to scale, like people that can supply the nation again, that's what I'm saying is like, how are you going to supply the nation, you know, if you can't uh, grow to scale, but you to do all these hand processes, you know, it's sort of, it's, 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 it's contradictory, but that's why I said we, you know, what I ended up with at, at, at um, Calyptra is this unicorn situation where, you know, they, they were, they were willing to do these really extreme processes that I wanted them to do. And they were really, they'd bought into it. They bought into craft cannabis. They brought into, you know, I I told them about Broken Coast. I had said, you know, I I, I had I just, you know, and they they had some other really good consultants that are super smart, that really understand, um, you know, the cannabis industry and and the the legacy market. So, I guess the smart people listened. Like they they found consultants that weren't. Um, you know, trying to mislead them just to get an advantage. And I think that was sort of what happened in the first round is what, what I noticed is certainly was people that were trimmers or that really weren't legitimate um, master growers that ended up in situations that they were the master grower because they talked them their way in. So I want to I talk to you about uh, the, the part of the growing process that really excites me, or, or, or I, guess the, I guess it's the end result that really excites me, but I'm sure you get excited about it. And I'm talking about CBG because you mentioned it earlier. You know, we know so much or we think we know so much about THC and CBD because for a lot of people, that's the only cannabinoids they, they ever know. And then you start bringing in terpenes. But why do you get excited uh, and why should we, the listener, the viewer, the cannabis consumer, be excited about CBG and, and maybe some other cannabinoids that are coming? Well, <clears throat> I think as a general rule, um, we are getting to know more and more and more about the cannabinoids and we are getting to know there's more research coming back, um, for CBG in particular, that's my partner, Steve really discovered that one. He started to really experiment with isolates and stuff on the medical side. He has an ACMPR license and he had to figure out what was going on with his guts. Um, and he found that CBG really, uh, really works for his metabolism and his guts. So that really sort of like brought up this question. And the more and more research he did on CBG, the more and more we discovered that the it's like the mother, you know, I think everybody might know this already, but it's the mother cannabinoid, like the other cannabinoids are derivatives of CBG, right? Right. So 
when you talk about, say there's healing properties in these cannabinoids, so they're probably all in the CBG. Now, that being said is what I've kind of identified also is that CBG can be very often the paranoid inducing uh, cannabinoid. Hmm. So that's, you know, what the more and more we learn, the more and more from experience, the more we learn from testing, the more and more studies get done. Uh, I think that's what's exciting is I think, you know, guys like Igor Kovalchuk, uh, who's a scientist who's really one of the smartest cannabinoid scientists in the world, probably. he He's in the University of Lethbridge. And I've had the opportunity to talk to him. And, you know, he's doing stuff like, you know, making a seed that when that seed is grown into a plant and that plant is extracted, that extract will good, be a good ointment for a cream for eczema. Mm. Like they're getting that into it now. They're learning that, you know, this seed or has these properties and <clears throat> they can not only that, but I think eventually they'll start even pheno hunting them as well. You know, they'll be pheno hunting certain plants for like eczema cream. Right. And, and that's, that's the really exciting part. Like the rec stuff is awesome for us. Right. Like, because mm -hmm. we're learning more and more and more about what, how we're self-medicating or how we're enjoying the cannabis and you know, how, how I can get extra sleep by using my slurricane or whatever it is. But you know, when it comes to the minor cannabinoids, we really do have an opportunity now to sort of um, capture a very, very specific experience. Like in the States, they're selling CBG gummies and right. CBG doesn't really, it's not, it's not deep carboxylated, so it doesn't get you high, but it has a lot of the same properties that the benefit, like the beneficial properties that THC and CBD have, right? So, you know, when is that, like, I'm working very hard, I can tell you, on finding CBG isolate in Canada. It's not yet available. So do you see what I mean is, is that this is we're at the very beginning stages of this. And once, you know, I'm trying to I, I would love to be able to, you know, because with everything that I know about what's happening in the US, there's a lot of products I'd like to come out with like tomorrow, but are just, you know, I have to I have to convince a manufacturer, first of all, to to, you know, <laughs> think that I'm not crazy. And, you know, I think what's funny is that to even get products on the market is been incredibly incredibly difficult and most people fail so <clears throat> i'm just trying to ride the wave and 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 try to you know sort of be appreciative that we got to market and but but i do i i'm with you i do want to push a minor cannabinoids and terpenes like we should be able to get gummies that just have terpenes in them and yeah. like i mean you know so that we can take two lemonine terpene and one beta carefine and one thc gummy you know, like if we could control our experience like that, it might be, it would be interesting, right? Uh, but that being said is I am, I am a bit of a purist in the sense that I do believe the plant itself, like that's kind of for babies, the plant itself and the pheno hunting. And like you said, like when we can start, when I can go get animal face on a regular basis, because it's just a really, I know that it's going to be really beneficial. Like I think a lot of people are really going to like it. Right. But you know, I have to find a C, you know, I have to find someone who cultivates it. And then I might have to move that B2B and then that has, and all those B2B transactions, I have to have testing on either side of that, which is thousands of dollars, right? So it, it is, 
I really have to say, you know, like stay with us guys, like stay with RGB because we will always get better and always get cheaper and whatnot. But, you know, it is, it is a daunting task just to get to the market. <clears throat> and if you don't want just massive corporations making the money, there isn't that many choices. Like you really sort of, I think in a way each, each individual consumer has to start realizing that if you just keep buying those trailblazer, you know, pre-rolls all the time, you, look where your money's going, man. You know, it's not really going to the people you want it to go to. Like that's, that's what I said about skateboarding. It's like, you know, when you get in, when you, do you want, um, you know, Nike to make all the money from skateboards or do you want the skateboarders to make the money? Indeed. I think we all know the answer to that. Uh, Josh, this has been uh, so much fun. Uh, I, I love what you guys uh, are doing. I can't wait to see uh, the other products and everything that uh, is going to come out of RGB and uh, the facility down there. So thanks so much. I look forward to being able to do this again uh, when you have some other cool ideas going on and some other products out there. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you, Dean. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. All right. Uh, that was a couple of powerful, fun interviews. Uh, two uh, uh, emerging uh, people and uh, certainly companies in the cannabis industry. And then we had a lot of fun with no, uh, with one hitters. I was going to say no hitters, uh, but that uh, be part of the baseball show that we do. We'll tell you about that later, but uh, I packed the one hitters for both of them separately, Ashley and Josh, and we'll get to know their cannabis history. Uh, you'll be able to find that uh, later on in the week. Uh, and uh, you know, it'll, if you're subscribed to this show, it'll come automatically into your library. You can also find past episodes and more at cannabis101podcast.ca where you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our giveaway this Friday and so much more. Who grew it? What's the terpene profile? Who created it? What is the lineage? How much THC? What's in a name? This is Know Your Buds, a close-up look at cultivars you should try. Or try again. Joining Dean is our educator, Chris Ionson. Always love uh, exploring new cultivars, uh, and sometimes I explore them so much I have to go buy a new cultivar before this segment uh, is even produced because it's just so darn good. And I always love uh, bringing in my good friend Chris Ionson, our educator here on Know Your Buds, and he, of course, is the regional, man regional manager with Plant Life Cannabis. Check out the website, plantlifecannabis.com. The Plant Life Family Program is unbelievable. Just showing up gets you 420 points, and then you can buy cool apparel, hats. Uh, Nosy McGee, by the way, has her eye on uh, the camouflage 
hats uh, that you guys have at Plant Life. So I might have to save up some points to uh, get that. You're wearing it right there, yeah. Uh, I've got the uh, very cool Good Buds hat on as we're going to be talking about our friends at Good Buds. And you know, I, I'm I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to bring this up before we get going, but I, I see you're not wearing your Connor McDavid jersey uh, anymore. Is that is that because it got swept out with the rest of the Oilers last night by the Jets? <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sure did. That was a, a rough day. I stayed up till one a.m. Uh, watching hockey. Uh, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, it did. You know what? Uh, it, I I I sort of feel for Oiler fans, and I don't. I mean, I feel for Oiler fans today because they're paying for all the fun that the Oiler fans in the eighties had. Uh, as you know, it's been such a downhill slide other than uh, 06 ever since. But I, I'm not going to feel sad uh, because, uh, you know, the, as the, as a Winnipeg Jet fan, we have had, like, this 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 sweep has been 31 years in the making going back to 1990. So uh, you can't win them all, uh, I guess you'd say. But anyway, let's talk about some uh, cannabis because we have uh, just a, a dynamite cultivar to do here on episode 95, which is, you know, the last one of these that we're going to be doing for a while, as we're uh, taking a bit of a break on the cannabis podcast, we'll be discussing some fun things on Relevant. Uh, but 95 episodes of these, uh, unbelievable, almost two years to the day that we did our very first episode of this. So it's kind of eerie, and uh, it's it's fitting. Uh, you and I have become pretty good buds uh, over these last two years since the, the first time Nosy McGee and I came into Nova Cannabis when you were working there to kind of sniff yeah. you out and see if you'd make a good part of this segment and <laughs> Lo and behold, 95 episodes uh, of these later, uh, we are doing something from Good Buds. Uh, so Glurangatan is an indica-dominant uh, hybrid, and uh, you and I have talked about Good Buds. We both are big fans, uh, so we know the story, but there's a lot of people new to this program that maybe don't know the cool story behind Good Buds. So tell us a little bit about these guys and girls. Yeah, for sure, Dino. So they're they're a smaller, privately owned LP. Uh, they operate out of the Salt Spring Island, uh, just off the coast of BC, next to uh, Vancouver Island. Uh, the company was founded in 2017 uh, by the brothers Rumi. Uh, so that's Tyler, their CEO, and Alex, their COO. Uh, their parents must be so proud. It's awesome. Uh, my folks would be so proud too if uh, my sister and I started up a, an LP. <laughs> uh, now the Ruby family is uh, is from Ontario, and uh, as the story goes, in 2008, uh, a group of good buds, um, Tyler and some of his best friends, uh, got in a van and uh, traveled across Canada, and uh, they ended up uh, growing cannabis uh, as a summer job in, in at, on the Salt Spring Island there, um, and, and just fell in love with the place. Uh, the people, the vibe, um, and then Tyler went back home to Ontario with a, a mission of, of getting his family out out there. And he, uh, him and his brother, uh, put together a plan, and, and Good Buds was created. So cool! It is so awesome. Uh, and and uh, you know, I I just had Tyler on the show. Uh, a few weeks back, and it was just such a fun conversation. I just cannot wait to get out there and explore it and, you know, roll a joint. And because that van story is so cool, you know, him living out of his van and starting the company out of his van, I, I had to... Uh... I had to honor it uh, this week uh, with uh, the the joint uh, van here, the joint bus. So, um, you know, I have rolled up uh, a glue orangutan, and uh, I'm gonna 
I'm going to get this uh, lit up as you tell us about uh, the facility that they have, uh, how they're certified, and, and how they grow as I get uh, something. You know, I, I, this is definitely Tyler approved. He would definitely approve, he did, of, of the joint bus. So tell us a little bit about uh, uh, how they how they grow this uh, beautiful stuff that I rolled into this or packed into this joint. Yeah, totally, Dino. Uh, so Good Buds, they have both indoor and outdoor uh, cannabis that they produce. Um, they received the first outdoor cultivation license in Canada from Health Canada uh, back in uh, 2018. So they're pioneers there. Um, and with the ideal environment and the weather of the, the Salt Spring Islands, uh, it, it's outdoor cannabis grown at its best. Um, and they've got 17.3 acres uh, of, a, of a cannabis farm right there. Uh, it's right near the Salish Sea uh, on the Pacific Ocean there. And um, the air quality on the, the Salt Spring Island is perfect for growing bud, um, as well as like you get the uh, kind of salted mist from the sea, kind of coats the soil, it coats the plants, and uh, you know, it produces this kind of uh, a greasy quality to the plants that's ideal for squishing and, and concentrates. Uh, so they've got that really dialed in with their location there. Um, all their outdoor cannabis is flash frozen uh, and put into their delicious concentrates. And that's a, a live hash, uh, um, flower rosin, and hash rosin. Um, I've, tried, I've tried them all. Uh, they're all delightful. Uh, very popular, too. They uh, sell really well here in Alberta. And it's, it's for the, the can of sewers. There you go, right? Like, <laughs> I got a few of those, too, Dino. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now all, all of their, uh, their cannabis is, uh, certified organic, uh, you know, it's so no pesticides and, and it's grown in an org, uh, a living soil. Um, and it's, uh, the FVOPA and that's the Fraser Valley Organic Producers Association. Uh, we've talked about that before. Um, so just, uh, uh, you know, a stamp of approval saying these guys check all the boxes, um, to have certified product. Now, uh, their indoor facility is, is definitely a smaller size. Uh, it's uh, actually 12 retrofitted uh, shipping containers, um, seven, eight row rooms, uh, staffed by some serious cannabis people that, uh, you know, produce this really high quality bud. Um, and the bud that we see from their indoor facility is what we see in the jars in the dried flower. Um, how they grow indoors is, uh, is through a sustainable farming process. So it's in living soil, uh, and so they've got worms, microbes, bugs in the soil, and uh, recaptured rainwater, uh, which is always great to hear. Um, LED lights they use, uh, and they hang dry for 14 days uh, with a special burping unit uh, that allows just little gusts of air to kind of um, go through the room as it's hang drying, uh, just to kind of optimally um, get that cure going. Uh, and then all the butt is hand trimmed by hand trimmed by. So, so uh, yeah, we're definitely not going to uh, not going to see the uh, the robots taking over. Yeah, I I definitely. Uh... I would say no to robots as well, uh, but I would say yes to working for uh, this this company because it's it sounds like uh, it's a lot of good buds and, and a really kind of a cool family and great atmosphere. You're out on the island. Uh, sounds like a good place to be around, uh, especially with the amount of great cannabis they're producing. Yeah, well said, Dino, for sure, buddy. Uh, their, their staff gets paid a certified living wage. Uh, because Good Buds is a certified living wage employer. Uh, so that means they really take care of their staff there. Um, 
got to be a really good place to work. Uh, you're working outdoors, indoors, uh, around that really good cannabis all day. Um, I just feel like it would be uh, amazing, you know, uh, a great life. Uh, yeah, I, I would say as well. And uh, they are an award-winning company also. Yeah, they are. You know, they've won numerous awards lately. Uh, they won top concentrate of the year in 2020, uh, best social media in 2020. Uh, they were top five for brand of the year, uh, which I, I love their branding. Anytime we see any uh, uh, product cards or stickers or pins or uh, or bucket hats, for that matter, uh, all all their swag is uh, is great. The branding's great with that real kind of cannabis culture vibe. Um, so yeah, I, I love that, uh, as a brand on a whole, all, all the good buds products that I've consumed, uh, have been fired. They've all done the trick. They've all looked really nice too. Like all the dried flour, when you look at it, it's just shiny covered in trichomes. Uh, uh, the cure is immaculate. Um, taste is always unique and on point too. Um, and yeah, those buds are frosty. It's worth checking out if you haven't. Yeah. I, I have officially found uh the uh the Millard 2021 camping hat uh, so this is definitely going to be worn a lot uh uh paddleboarding camping napping uh just hanging out doing nothing i found my new uh, bucket hat and uh the taste is definitely unique uh, you could check out the website goodbudsco.com and as you would expect uh, it's a lot of fun it's got a fun vibe uh, to it everything about these guys seems to be you know they want to produce good cannabis but they also want to live a qu- good quality and a fun life and uh, you know treat people the right way so it's just a just a great way to do things and and along the way producing some amazing cannabis which thankfully is now legally uh produced and sold and uh, it's just such a good life for the good buds. All right. The history of this is kind of interesting, though. Uh, so you're going to you kind of take us through the lineage and how that lineage is then back crossed, which may be a term a lot of people don't know about. So I'll get you to explain that as well, if you will. Yeah, so the Gluran Gutan uh, is, is a Harambe BX uh, and the BX stands for back cross. So uh, what a back cross is, it's it's taking a Harambe and crossing a back crossing it with an, another Harambe, uh, back crossing it with another Harambe uh, up during a pheno hunt. And they're kind of picking out uh, optimal phenols uh, and back crossing them. Now, the Harambe is uh, uh, a Gorilla Glue number four, uh, legendary indica, uh, crossed with an OG Kush. And uh, and this one here is is bred by Good Buds. It's the proprietary cultivar, uh, pheno hunted from their, their outdoor grow. Uh, where they, you know, picked through uh, hundreds of different uh, phenos of it uh, and then brought, brought the good ones indoors uh, and grew them indoors. And this is the, the crazy looking bud we're, we're getting uh, in the jars there. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's superior stuff there. I mean, it's specifically picked uh, for being the top performing plant in the, the pheno hunt there based on their smell, size, trichome coverage, uh, and multiple other characteristics. It checks all the boxes. It's dynamite, and it looks oh, great. Yeah. It feels great. It's sponge worthy. Uh, it's just yeah. a, a, unbelievable. And it's you know for for those high THC hunters, uh, which you know I'm not I'm not one of them, uh, but I, I you know I don't shy away from 
you know, maybe some really, really high THC sativas don't really mix that great with me. Um, but, you know, we always talk about it's not all about THC. But for those that are, this is 256 percent THC that's a load and it's also 5.5 percent terpenes so can you explain that for uh, the people uh, that are new and you know are maybe discovering what terpenes are but how that percentage works in with this cannabis yeah so uh, terpenes are aromatic oils and they secrete from the cannabis glands and they make your bud taste and smell uh, a particular way um, with the 5.5% terps, uh, that's a, a monstrous number there. Uh, you know, we've seen some, some stuff that's come through, uh, you know, 0.8% terpenes, total terps. And that's kind of lower end stuff, uh, you know, maybe grown in, in, in uh, facilities that don't take as much care and attention uh, to it. So uh, something coming in at a 5.5% uh, there, and that's uh, uh, based on, on the weight, weight per gram. Um, it's, it's, it's huge. 5.5 is big. So when you're going to crack the jar, um, you'll notice the smells right away. It's, 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 uh, terpy as we say. <laughs> yeah. I call it, uh, it's a room filler, man. It fills the room instantly with it. And we're going to get into, uh, the smells in a second, but what's in a name? Yeah. So, uh, Glurangutan is, uh, I mean, I believe it's a, it's a fun play on the, the gorilla glue background there. Um, you know, we've got the glue in the name, uh, the orangutan uh, is in there too. Uh, and maybe it's, uh, it was shortened to uh, glurangutan uh, based on, you know, working out outdoors in the fields there, um, getting your tan. Um, I think that uh, Tyler and the Good Buds crew, they have a lot of fun coming up with the names. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the glurangutan name came from, you know, a maiden session of, of them trying it out. Uh, and, uh, you know, getting high and coming up with a, a fun fitting name, perhaps. Um, I do know that the Harambe um, was a 17-year-old uh, Western lowland gorilla uh, who was shot and killed after a three-year-old boy wandered into his enclosure uh, at the Cincinnati Zoo in 2016. Kind of became a viral thing, and, and somehow um, a, strain, a cultivar of cannabis was... Uh, named after this uh, gorilla. <laughs> very, very interesting. I'll, I'll tell you. You know, not not that uh, kids should ever use cannabis, but grade four Dean Millard could have used the calming effects that this has. Uh, people used to call, say I was a orangutan because I was so wild as a kid. So uh, this glue orangutan <laughs> could have came in some sort of handy uh, to to chill me out a little bit. At least it'll chill out. Uh, you know, uh, much older than grade four Dean Millard now. So I really appreciate that as far as uh, going back to what's in a name now let's talk about the look at this so we see it right there we're going to get into the buds but they got good size first of all the packaging is is like 9.7 out of 10 for me it's it's almost perfect <laughs> yeah yeah it's a really nice packaging they've got a real nice classy glass jar uh it's got rounded uh tops and bottoms there it's super sleek uh i got a very limited lip um, great. I, I don't know. I just love it. It's unique. There's no one else in, in the game that has jars that look like this. So, uh, it stands out. 
Yeah, 9.7. They they would have been 9.5, but there is a marginal lip, so you could still get everything out. If there was a humidity pack, this would be 10 out of 10 because it's sleek. It's not white. It's a, it's a color, even though it's black, but then their logo stands out, and the glass just, I mean, I opened this up, and I would have thought there was a humidity pack because it was in such good shape, so... The glass certainly does that, uh, just just perfect. So that's the uh, the the sort of the packaging. Um, as we take a little bit more uh, of a look at this, uh, what are you seeing in this? Uh, I'm seeing some really solid sized nugs of uh, buds here, as you might say, from Good Buds. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, what I get is uh, two tones of green. We got the, kind of the dark green, the light green in there. Um, in the three different 3.5 uh, gram jars that I've, I've seen, uh, they all had one nice long bud that was pretty much the length of the jar that took up a good amount of the weight, uh, but it was just uh, you know, predominant in there. It was really nice. Um, with those two tones of green, we've got some dark orange pistols and, and the bud almost has like a, a white tint to it uh, due to the heavy dusting of trichomes, which I am always down to see. Uh, very spinal. Uh, this stuff yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, and you know, I talked to Tyler about what makes good cannabis, and he talked about you know it should be sticky, uh, covered in trichomes, and and that's exactly what this is. Uh, nice coloring, good long buds, as you mentioned, feels good, sponge worthy. I said. So, what about mm-hmm. the terpenes? Uh, you know, that obviously plays a lot into how great this smells. Uh, but what terpene list do we have? So our, our dominant terpene is, is neurolidol, and that's a, a citrus kind of woodsy terpene. Uh, it's known to be a little bit on the heavy side. Um, we've also got myrcene in there too, and that's, that's an earthy terpene. Uh, it's also fang- found in mangoes. Uh, and then we've got piney in there as well, and that's um, kind of got a piney smell to it, a piney woodsy smell. Uh, so a, a good mix of terps in there, Dino. Yeah, and uh, it smells great. It looks amazing. Uh, the terpenes are awesome. Uh, when you do smell this, the first thing that stood out to me was gassy, especially after the grind. Uh, it was it was gassy at first, but after the grind, it really, really comes through. What else do you smell? And, and did you get a strong gas smell from this? I did, yeah. Gas was definitely the, the first thing for me, and that was as soon as the jar was cracked, gas, which I, I like in my cannabis for sure. Uh, I got kind of like a gassy pine, almost uh reminded me of a forest kind of walking through a forest um very dank uh very dank and very gassy those are kind of the the big things for me and i i feel like it's uh it hits the nose right in the face uh if if that makes sense yeah this would be the perfect joint to go on a walk through the woods with right you know you you're obviously trying to be conscious of other people and and the smell, but if you're, you know, in some sort of private area, that's the ideal spot I think to kind of enjoy this. And their sapphire OG, you open it up, it's like a room filler. It is so strong. So they really, you know, and, and that comes from how well they take care, how well they grow. Uh, as we talked yeah. about the five point uh, percent terpenes, that's what it delivers, and that's amazing. You know, when you open this jar. You're going to get a great, great whiff of it. So I absolutely love it. And the taste is even even better, too. It's such a smooth, smooth smoke, if that's your uh, uh, consumption method. Yeah, uh, absolutely, buddy. It's, uh, it's smooth as hell. I, I, I found it to be gassy and piney on the taste for me. 
um, a little citrus on the exhale too. Uh, but yeah, very smooth in the joints as I, I was popping them there. Uh, and, and just to, to add, Dino, to um, the flavors and the smells on the good buds, I have uh, some dosi melon right here. Mm -hmm. That's one of their other their other new ones, and this one floored me with the smell of it. Uh, everyone that I showed it to, it smelled like a like a strawberry margarita for me, like a boozy, fruity drink, uh, and just noticeable though. And I've never smelled bud like that before. So <laughs> they are uh, killing it with their turf game for sure. Yeah, they, they've got so much good stuff going on, and some some great concentrates as well. So uh, everybody, uh, as we try to point out on this show. Uh, reacts a little bit differently so just because uh, you know what what happens with chris is not going to be the same thing that happens to me or somebody else but what was your experience what is your experience uh when you enjoy this beautiful cannabis um it's a good one it's uh definitely uh i feel it uh, this one gets me pretty stoned so i i, I guess I'll, I'll start with um Typically, like, so the, I remember the first joint of it that I tried halfway through the joint, I felt my eyelids coming down. I felt myself just kind of melting into the couch, um, really, really noticed it and enjoyed it. Um, definitely, you euphoric blast to the skull kind of initially, uh, settled into a really unique body stone. Um, it's a pretty hard, very relaxing. I, I, I found myself glued to the couch for, for some spells when I was watching my shows, um, which is great. Um, and, uh, it, it's also been, it been a staff favorite at, at the plant life locations too. Like, um, you know, a new good buds product comes out. I'll, you know, one staff member, uh, will pick it up and, and kind of let the other staff members know about it. And all of a sudden, uh, everybody's tried it and everybody, uh, it's, it's definitely a staff favorite. Uh, that, and that's great. And that's how you kind of get different reports and, you know, different things. Uh, you know, I, I know the bud tenders that, that I speak to at the different plant life locations, they love the feedback I give them about a particular cultivar because, you know, while they know that everybody is different, but they can also pass that on that, you know, here's what some of the customers have said, uh, you know, that was their experience. So I absolutely love that. So, you know, based on knowing that everybody is different, we do have some recommendations for at the very least who this is good for, but then also what and when, um, you know, maybe some, some times and some, some activities that you think uh, works well for you. So what are the three W's with this one? So the who is uh, a level two consumers and up. Uh, I think uh, this one hits a little hard. Uh, if you are uh, uh, a newbie to the doobie, uh, you, you don't want to start with this one. I think just uh, you work your way up to it. Uh, what it's good for, uh, relaxing after a long day's work. Uh, it's great for after dinner uh, doobies. Uh, it's great for watching movies uh, and shows. Uh, it's a real nice escape from a sober reality. Uh, if you're, you know, looking to get your stone on, uh, when it's good for, uh, for me, this one's mostly in the evening time one, uh, as, as it's pretty chill, uh, I think it's best, you know, used in the chill parts of the day, uh, after dinner and on, um, I do sometimes start my days off with, with Indicas and that's, you know, that's all right. Uh, but it, it usually means I'm in chill mode for that day. So, uh, and, Nothing wrong with the chill day, but I, I think overall uh, evening time for the glue is best. 
Would you look at this differently if it was a sativa dominant? Then it would be more on the level three side. But being it more on the indica dominant, even though there is that high THC level, uh, it's not going to be as intense for people. Is that how you kind of look at it? I, I think that's that's fair to say. But I think you know before I'd want to make that commitment to that comment, I'd want to try it out. You know, just make make sure uh, experience it. But I, I will say the higher THC is on the sativa side where it's you know right. more of a head a head effects. I find that that's where that that paranoia, that anxiety uh, mm-hmm. that some people will find uncomfortable can happen and stem from. So uh, it happens to me with uh, green cracking, uh, green crack uh, at like twenty four percent, and I uh, I become a different person. It's it's not pretty. So, well, yeah, uh, that, that's. That's what I was saying is that this is being a more of an indica side, even though it is high THC, it could be a level two as opposed to if you're looking at a sativa with this THC level, that that would be definitely for the more experienced user. Totally. Yeah, that's yeah. Bang on, buddy. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love uh, what the, the good buds people are doing. Um, I can't, I already can't wait to roll up another joint from them because the, the, the taste is so good. It's so great. Um, and you know, I'm going to uh, chill out from this. Okay. You guys are always so busy. Uh, you know, we talked about the plant life family program, uh, last week, 420, 420 points. Every time you get in there, it's so awesome to see. Uh, and you guys have a couple of more stores in our neck of the woods in the Edmonton area opening up. So lay that information on us. Oh yeah, buddy. Super pumped about it. Two new stores in the in the Edmonton area opening soon. Uh, we're looking at like the the middle of June here. Um, Harvest Point, so that's 50th Street and Ellerslie Road, so in the uh, southeast side of Edmonton, uh, right next to the Sobies, uh, as well as Leduc Common, uh, and that's just off Highway Two on the west the west side of the Highway Two there, uh, just coming into Leduc from Edmonton. Um, super pumped about both stores. Uh, gonna have some great, amazing staff there too. Um, and yeah, with, with that, the opening dates, uh, we'll firm them up, uh, as we get closer to the dates there. So, uh, just be watching our, our, the Instagram feeds there for, uh, that, but, uh, both are going to be amazing locations. We're super stoked about them. Well, and and it's it's so important. Um, You know, people need information. They want information. More and more people are wanting to learn about cannabis, you need the people at the counter to be able to give accurate, uh, correct, um, you know, information in a way that the the new consumer can understand it, uh, or else that person's never coming back. So first impressions are so huge, especially in an industry that is so closely watched. So uh, you know, you can open all the stores you want, but if you don't have the great people to run them, they're not going to last. And and that's where I find the knowledge comes from when you you visit like a bud tender at uh, a plant life location or the knowledge that you give us through through this segment uh, so many times. So it's those bud tenders, uh, you know, and and I, I you know had Ashley Newman uh, on uh, for this uh, show this week and uh, Josh Wong from RGB, Ashley from, of course, Queen of Bud. And we talked about, you know, how that uh, that 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 bud tender, uh, there should almost be like a bud tender appreciation week, uh, especially through COVID, because uh, that that is the educator. Uh, you know, you're the educator on this show, but every bud tender is in their own right an educator, are they not? Absolutely. Uh, you know what? We're all product testers as well <laughs> yeah. we are all we are all testing it all out new stuff comes in oh geez my uh my jaeger ridge store 
uh, you know, our delivery days on Thursday, uh, you should see <laughs> uh, me and the staff there, we're, we get giddy about it uh, with the new fun stuff that, that comes in. Uh, they've got a really nice menu at that store. And um, yeah, it's great. It's uh, <laughs> we're all, you know, pumped about it. We're all passionate about cannabis. It's, uh, it's a great, great job to be in. Yeah, I, I that's one piece of advice I would have for anybody that uh, is, you know, looking to get into cannabis or get into cannabis again, that boomerang client, or uh, just, you know, maybe they're finally coming over to the legal market. That's always happening every day is, you know, test out some stores, talk to the people, uh, then find your store and find out when the order day is because that's when the best new stuff comes in and you can get it before anybody. And I know for a fact that out here in St. Albert, the Jensen Lakes and the Aaron Ridge, you know, I, I know exactly when the order day is and I'm, you know, I, I check as quick as I can because some of that good stuff goes uh, right away. So it's a good idea. That's my final piece of advice on this segment for people is uh, find out when the order day is at your favorite store. So, Chris, this has been so much fun. Uh, man, we've, we've had so much fun. Uh, I lit a microphone on fire uh, at one point. Uh, for, for some reason, we didn't catch that on camera. Uh, but we've had a lot of laughs. I've really enjoyed getting to know you, consider you a great bud uh, now. And uh, I can't wait to continue and have some really fun chats on uh, Relevant. Uh, we're going to go Sundays, 4 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, so we'll be able to hit that 420 mark and uh, really just uh, let loose and have some fun and tell some good stories, share some information, uh, interact with people. You've been so much fun to work with. You've been a total pro. Uh, so thank you so much for being a part of this uh, show. And, you know, hopefully we get back to that when I get the uh, the baseball league built and I can get back to talking cannabis again. But thank you so much for all uh, the many, many weeks you've devoted to this show. And I know our listeners and viewers, uh, you know, echo my sentiments. Oh, gee, thanks, thanks, buddy, uh, and thank you, Dino, for you know everything that you've you've done too uh, on, the, on this show, buddy. It's been uh, an immense amount of work. Uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to know you, and I, I do feel like we've become uh, best buds through this. So it's uh, it's been great. Uh, Ninety five weeks of doing this. It's uh, that's awesome, man. I, I hope to uh, uh, you know more more in the future here. Uh, you know, get this get this league uh, up and running, and uh, and let's let's keep her going, man. Is uh, I'm ready to go uh, whenever you are, brother. Yeah, I think we can build something really special with cannabis and some good production down the road uh, that we can both have a lot of fun with. So thank you so much for this and for. Uh, anybody out there, check out plantlifecannabis.com. Join the Plant Life family. Uh, so much uh, great specials. Uh, also, the flyer now that you guys have is just so full-packed of uh, amazing cannabis at amazing price. So plantlifecannabis.com is where you can find all that information. The Cannabis Life Experience your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. It's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Find out more at www.thecannabislifeexperience.com. All right, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode and uh, the start of our break. As mentioned, we'll be moving 
everything that we kind of do here, most of it anyway, over to uh, the relevant app. Uh, download though that down. How about let's try that again. Download that. It's R E L E V N T. And then uh, just head to Weedipedia and search for the Cannabis 101 Podcast Vibe and uh, you'll be enjoying all this content uh, that we're doing here. Um, You can uh, find past episodes and uh, all those sort of things at the Cannabis 101 uh, Podcast.ca. You can uh, check out uh, the different shows that we've done. You can also sign up to the Weed Weekly. And while we won't be putting anything out uh, weekly, uh, when we do have an announcement of, uh, you know, some maybe an upcoming special, and, and don't worry, we have a couple of those planned uh, for the summer, so you will be hearing from us. So, so it's a good way to, to find out what's going on, when we're going to be coming back, what else we're doing. Uh, so head to uh, the cannabis or www.cannabis101podcast.ca and click on the uh, green circle and get in the mix on the Weed Weekly. We'll have one more episode of the Weed Weekly coming out this Friday, an official one, and we'll have a big giveaway uh, for that. And uh, you can also uh, check out uh, the YouTube channel, Cannabis 101 Podcast, uh, as well. Uh, we have that on there. So. It's been uh, an absolute uh, pleasure to uh, chat with you uh, each and uh, every week uh, for the most part here on this show. Uh, I am I do have a bunch of other shows. I am still staying in the uh, the podcast uh, realm uh, just uh, along the uh, fantasy sports uh, variety and you can find all those shows and more at podcastalley.ca. You can also find some past shows that I've worked on uh, where it's a more of an interview style show and we've had uh, you know uh, some Hall of Fame athletes on there and and much, much more. So check out podcastalley.ca. Uh, and if you would like to uh, join me at some point uh, for a live audio chat on Relevant, if you're a company that uh, wants to get a little publicity, I'd love to shine the spotlight on you. Uh, hit me up with an email, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. All right, that wraps things up for us on episode number 95, hour number two. And as mentioned, we'll be taking a break uh, for at least the summer, possibly uh, into the uh, the fall and early winter. But I do hope to be back. In the meantime, we'll be on Relevant. And uh, I just have to say thank you to Ashley Newman of Queen of Bud. Uh, and obviously thanks to Josh Wong of RGB, Chris Ionson. Uh, from Plant Life Cannabis, regional manager. He has uh, been our educator every single episode. It's been, uh, I think he only missed one episode because he was on vacation. That's pretty impressive dedication for the last uh, two years. Um, and, and to all the people that have made this show possible, David Wiley of the OZ, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co., a huge thanks to Grant Sanderson of Nova Cannabis, who uh, gave us not only inspiration, but ideas and contacts to get this show off the ground. Um, this this show wouldn't be here without Grant's uh, help and uh, and guidance and uh, you know just uh, friendship. Uh, so and that's what cannabis is all about is uh, not just uh, signing a contract, shaking hands, and making a business deal, but forming relationships that hopefully last. And listen, this industry isn't without people that are only out for themselves. Uh, I I found that out the hard way, unfortunately, um, just like any other industry. But there's less of them, and you just pardon the pun, weed them out. So enjoy your cannabis. There are a lot of great shows out there that will be continuing to give you the information we've been trying to do. And we'll still be doing that on Relevant, uh, just in a a more audio format, live, and uh, not... uh, um, 
uh, I guess more sporadic uh, throughout the week. It's just a, a much easier setup to do that. So we'll still have some fun, but uh, thank you so much to you, the listener, to the viewer, uh, to those that have reached out to me uh, and, and asked questions or, you know, uh, given encouragement or congratulations. You have no idea how much that has meant to me. Uh, I started this show, as I often said, uh, my cannabis knowledge was here's $50. Give me that bag. I want to get high. And learning about terpenes and cannabinoids and uh, everything else in between, uh, I just have had so much fun. It's been an absolute pleasure to visit with you each and every week. And uh, remember, as we go, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. See you on Relevant. We'll talk to you on Relevant uh, at the very least. And uh, once again, as we always do, uh, we leave you with the wonderful song from Sorry About Your Dog. Quick story. Uh, I was Cheech. Sorry About Your Dog was Chong for Halloween one year. We got pulled over smoking cigarettes in my K car with the smoke billowing out. The cop actually had a pretty good laugh, uh, but we did not say the licenses back there on the bumper. Anyway, here is, uh, for uh, the the last time in a while, the marijuana song uh, from the artist Sorry About Your Dog. Thank you so much to everybody for tuning into this show uh, in the past. Uh, It has been an absolute blast. Take care. Hey, this is a private residence, man. Oh, nice marmot. <laughs>